0: the alex rub fishing podcast is powered by x2 batteries if you demand the most out of your battery whether it's lithium or agm whether you're in a kayak or a boat you need to check out x2 power batteries making the best batteries in the business and keeping up with all the demands that us as anglers have while we're out on the water go to x2powerbatteries.com to check out the full battery selection yeah baby wonder if all my bad decisions get accounted in the algorithms. No statistician could dissuade me from my bigger vision. I
1: know my occupation's quite an unlikely place in this world to occupy and talk about upon a daily basis. Our information's predetermined by some biased business. We all in sermon to silicon that push out lovely neighbors. I'm done with paper chasing, think I'm Ladies on. Ladies and gentlemen, payments. here we are. It's another Friday it's night, full night full live. Circle, Another way, podcast for Tuesday, your listening pleasure. And I'm excited
0: about tonight because i have the one and only mr benjamin nowak on here who's making a whole bunch of noise already and i love it just keep fiddling with that just stick it in your pants rip a fart onto it whatever you're doing over there but no really here we are you're not even listening i can hear everything you're doing over there i don't think you realize
1: Uh, yeah my problem you're like sometimes sometimes i actually have it playing on my youtube just in case like other comments come in that for some reason Streamyard doesn't catch yeah and then i was playing back like simultaneously really mm. confuses me.
0: Yeah, no, that always throws me, too. But no, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's another Friday night, another podcast. I was going to ask, what? why'd you get rid of that? I don't know. There it is. It's back. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, because I did I did a new intro where I phased the music out as I start talking. And so mm. I, I just got rid of the clap. I kind of forgot about the clap. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me. I
1: finally got rid of the clap. clap. It's I did. Only
0: taking this yeah. Long. yeah. And Ben and, and Benjamin's the one and only to remind me of the clap. So there you go. But no, I'm excited about it tonight. It's going to be fun. It was funny. I was sitting on the couch up there. I got there's a tournament happening tomorrow on a lake near here and a little kayak tournament. And uh, I wasn't going to fish it. And Are you then, going to? And then all of a sudden, I decided I'm going to fish it. And so I paid the entry fee. I went and rigged up four rods, threw them in the truck, and threw my kayak in there. And we're going to send it tomorrow. and We're going to see what happens. I have no idea what's going to happen though because uh, I've not been to this lake in probably I don't know like three weeks. And so I have no idea what's going on. There's not a graph on my kayak, so I don't even know what the water temperature is. I'm just showing up with you guessed it, uh, a money badger, a jerk bait, a Ned rig, and another crank bait. Just in case. And that's what I'm going to go do. And if they won't buy one of those four things, you know what? Screw it. I'll just come to the house.
1: Um, Is it going to be nice tomorrow by you? No. No, it's... uh, Man, it's going to be like almost 60 degrees here tomorrow.
0: Really? No. I, well, I think the temperature is good, but I, there's a big front moving in that's bringing rain and snow oh, and crap. And so, I mean... Mm. It's got the potential to be really good, but I think it also has the potential to be like really cold and crappy. So that reminds me I need to um go get my rain suit out of my boat and remember that because I could probably be in a really bad way if it starts raining tomorrow and I don't have a rain suit. So get a rain get get the rain suit after we're done doing this. But yeah, we're here. I'm here. Ben's here. Ben, how you been, buddy? This is uh two weeks in a row you've made the podcast after a long, not- long hiatus. I mean, how you been I was
1: on Two or three podcasts last week, including the one that we did, and then I'm on another one. I kind of forgot how to do this, and I kind of missed it, so it feels good.
0: There you go. There you go. I, I mean, I don't think you'll you'll remember pretty quick, because, I mean, you know, it's just sitting here talking to my ugly ass. It's, it's not that hard, I don't think.
1: Yeah, it's really not that difficult. We would just be having a phone talking Yes. if we weren't on the podcast. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, there's some things that probably get said on the phone that don't get said on the podcast, but regardless... <laughs> Regardless. A few. There may be a few, but we're, we're going to have some fun. But no, tonight, so uh, I was sitting, I was racking my brain. What are we going to do for the podcast Friday night? What are we going to do for the live stream? And I got to thinking about my year in retrospect and like what baits stood out to me the most. And then I thought to myself, well, let's narrow it down to a top five. What our top five baits are for 2023. Now, these aren't the baits that like we believe are the best designed or whatever. These are literally the baits that produced for us the most in 2023. Like the baits that when we look back, they caught the most or the biggest or won tournaments or won money or whatever it is. These are those baits. And so I've made a list, Ben's made a list, and we're essentially just going to go back and forth and we're going to go through our baits for 2023, kind of discuss them, why we think they are our top baits, what they did for us just that kind of stuff. And so I thought that'd be kind of a fun way to retrospectively look through 2023 because I mean, buddy, we got three more weeks and it is 2024. Like what happened?
1: I don't know, dude. Yeah. It went way too quick.
0: Yeah, it did. It was, I don't know. The past was six months. It April. Yeah.
1: Like it was just April and I was just breaking the boat out. Yeah. Now it's not April.
0: Yeah. Dude, the the past six months of my life has been such a clusterfuck of a blur, (laughs) for lack of a better term, that I I just don't even know what to think. I just know that we're here now and, you know, but here we are. And what do we do with it? We sit here and we talk about fishing baits because that's about the only thing that's keeping me sane nowadays is going fishing. (laughs) So we're going to talk about some fishing. So without further ado... Because I have no how long, how long this is going to take us. I got a feeling that we're going to You're an alien believer, right? Not really. I mean, it, it not really. I think, that, I think that all this UFO stuff is a Manhattan-level project cover-up by the U.S. government and compartmentalization of the U.S. government and the way that they keep secrets is what's keeping these things secrets, and this is actually our unmanned drone tech that we're seeing happening. What do you think?
1: I kind of think that we're in a simulation, and like, there's someone looking down on us, like watching what happens.
0: I just finished uh, Stephen King's The Dome, and it's very similar to that concept. Wild, wild book, fun book, wild book. But yeah,
1: I think there's a show about it. But I was just, I was just curious.
0: Yeah, I, and the thing <laughs> is, is we've not even got into the topics yet. And we're already rabbit holing. But what I was going to say is that. We're probably going to rabbit hole tonight like 5,263 times, but yeah, let's send it. I'm going to let you go first. What is, I, I get, are we going to do them like in an hour? How
1: are we going to do it? Are we going to do it by like through the chronological order of the year?
0: I mean, who is calling? Or just, me? hold on, hold on, or just, hold on, let me, my wife is FaceTiming me, so let's do this real quick.
1: I wonder if you can make her face pop up on the live stream.
0: I have no idea. Dude. Or- That would be a great... And she just hung up. She probably just realized that, um, oh, Alex is probably doing his live stream because it's 9 7 and she just hung up because she realized that. She's at um, the Megan Maroney concert here in Knoxville, so she went to go see Miss Megan Maroney, Mm. which I don't particularly, you know, enjoy, but Bethany does, and that's all that matters. But yeah, so, um, anyway... um, what are we talking about? Oh, what's, what what's the best
1: way to do this? Chron- chronological or like my t- my number one bait?
0: Well, the problem is with chronological is that two of mine would hit the list at one time. Like you could do them in, yeah. in early year and here we are now. So I, I say we just like... Let's, let's just we do just them. go
1: through top five.
0: Let's just do them in the order that you sent them to me. So you start with the first one on your list that you sent it to me. Tell me why it's your top bait and like what you did with it, how you fished it, where it was the most applicable for you, and just go through it. And we just lost Ben. Oh. There he is. What? He's back. No. Oh, okay. You're good. No, we'll
1: start with the one I have in my hand right now, which is a little OW sniper finesse jig.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: So essentially it's just a this is a half ounce super compact jig. No, we guard. Um, this jig caught me a bunch of fish last year. Caught me a, t- a ton more fish this year. But I just fish it with a little um, Great Lakes finesse snack craw, or like a dual realis rigus dual wriggle riggle ned. That, say that five times fast. Riggle ned,
0: riggle ned, riggle ned, riggle ned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just catches a bunch of fish. Um, I, I kind of figured it out like later last season. This year I threw it all year long and caught fish pretty much every year or everywhere. It's just so small, Mm. and it just catches so many fish. Catches large, small, small. So
0: you're rigging a Ned rig style bait on the back of it.
1: Yeah, basically. So it's super compact. I wish I could like show you how small and compact this bait is.
0: Yeah, it's tiny. So it's essentially kind of like a bulked up Ned, heavier Ned rig.
1: Yeah, it's a skirted. It's a skirted heavy Ned rig.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: So and I I fish both the regular one as well as the um lighter skirt model, but
0: are you fishing out? are you fitting that? Are you I fish f- it on a baitcaster and uh, a spinning rod. Both. So I'll
1: fish it on a seven six medium heavy spinning rod mm. or I'll fish it on a seven three medium heavy baitcast setup.
0: Okay, explain something to me. What else is a seven six medium heavy spinning rod good for? Other than that. Nothing. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: I Maybe have like one. a
0: deep swim bait.
1: Okay, yeah, like I, I have one, and I don't a know what made on like a three quarter.
0: Yeah, you're on a real bad delay, buddy. Am I? Yeah, you are. You might want to log out and log back in. I'll ends. be right back. Okay, okay. So there you go. Yeah, we're gonna fix that because every time I start talking, it it interrupts Ben. But now I have a seven six medium heavy spinning rod, and I never really knew what to do with it because like I don't crack jigs, and I don't really crawl swimbaits deep a whole lot, which maybe I need to do more of that. But like. Yeah, that was always a weird one for me. So I designated it as live bait rod so that when I go fishing with Caleb, I pick that rod up and take it with me because it actually is really good with a live gizzard shad on the back of it. All right, Ben's back. Let's see if it fixed it. Can you hear me can now, I sir? Yeah, I can
1: hear you. Can okay. you hear
0: me? I can hear you. I can hear you. So anyway, we were talking about seven six good. medium heavy spinner rods. I told the people that I have one and I've designated it as my live gizzard shad rod and I just take it with me when I go fishing with Caleb.
1: Yeah, Yep a lot of like saltwater live bait guys use the seven76 medium heavy hmm. so it was actually pretty hard to get a hold of
0: yeah that's interesting that's interesting so and then but, yeah. are you throwing that little great lakes finesse crawl on the back of that too or is that just the network yeah. baits so explain yep. that bait the great lakes finesse crawl to me because that thing is tiny little bitty I didn't realize how yeah, small yeah. it was until I put one in my hand
1: yeah it's two inches long and so it's really really small but it just comes right off the back of this hook. So, like, the nose of the bait fits perfectly right on the back of that hook where, Mm -hmm. like, just the claws hang out the back. Yeah. Super finesse, but it actually has, like, a pulse when it falls, which is what helps that bait get bit. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I want it to fall super, super fast and straight, I'll put a Nedrig-style bait on it. Mm -hmm. And if I want that bait to, like, look like a craw and have a pulse, I'll put that uh, Great Lakes Finesse
0: snack Craw. So, essentially, it's kind of like... I feel like even though it is so small and so compact and kind of Ned riggy that all at the same time that it's, you're, you're going to get like that bigger than average bite with that bait, just because it does have a little bit more bulk. Like it's just a bulk. I mean, it's a, still a jig and like the benefit
1: a over a Ned rig. So like you could throw a Ned rig and that bait in the same place, mm-hmm. that bait's going to get more reaction bites. Like, you know how they like will eat a Ned rig when it's falling and hit the bottom and you have to drag it a, a second mm-hmm. when this falls a lot of your bites will come like as the bait's falling or the second it hits bottom.
0: Mm. Oh, because, okay. So, because it's so it much falls more heavy. It so fast. Cause like, yeah. what is, how, how heavy is that little?
1: It's a half ounce. I throw a half ounce yeah. most of the time.
0: Yeah. So that's, so another... it's
1: like this big and it's like a half ounce and just shoots through the water column.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's almost like punching. Like, I mean, it's like, I would say the fall rates are probably similar because when it's that small and it's half of an ounce, it's probably going to drop the same as like a four inch creature bait on a one ounce yeah. tungsten weight. I mean it is going to scream to the bottom. Yep. That's it. Yeah,
1: it's fast. So like I'll fish it. No, I man, they probably don't want me saying this. I only fish a half ounce. Mm. I'm sure there's points where you can throw like a quarter and it works or a three eighths and it works. But like for me, if I only had half ounce, like that'd be fine.
0: Well I mean what works works right yeah (laughs) who cares i mean what works works and that's i mean there's baits that i have that literally i only throw one size in a couple of colors and like i think one of them we're one of them we're going to talk about tonight like i throw other sizes but like almost exclusively 99 percent of the time it's one size but no that's interesting mate because like that jig to me around here is damn near useless because of all the rock and like, like we don't have sand bottom like smooth bottom almost anywhere and like even on pebble bottom i think i feel like that thing would get hung up because it has that exposed hook where up there with you you got like a lot of sand and a lot of you know bigger yeah light. i
1: fish it i fish it around boulder rock i'll fish it around say i'll throw it anywhere yeah i'll literally throw it in wood if i want
0: does it come through wood good no no <laughs> Isn't no, that break them off? But I'll it'll come it through. Like
1: if you have a log, you mm-hmm. can fish it along a log pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you're not throwing it at anything heavy.
0: Um, tackle talk once in a and, and yeah. hello, hello, friend. Are you fishing uh the lead or the tungsten snapper?
1: I've been throwing the tungsten, but I just got my hands on some of the lead. I was shocked. I was shocked at basically how much the same size a lead one is compared to a tungsten one, like. This is the lead version. I wish I had the tungsten one. It's like almost identical in size.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I don't
1: know how they did that. I don't know if they compressed it. It is lead compound. Mm-hmm. But
0: other than I sensitivity, don't know. why why would why would you make the same jig in two different compounds?
1: Um Lead's way cheaper. You can get this jig for like $3.99, and I think the tungsten one is $5.99 or $6.99.
0: Okay, so you're saving a couple bucks. Okay. So
1: you're saving bucks, and then if you don't need the sensitivity, obviously you can throw the lead version.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I get it. I like it. I like it. It's good. It's good. It's good. You know, it's one of my favorite – it is one of my favorite scenes from Christmas Vacation. It's It's so overlooked. Is after the freak out, he walks over to the to the eggnog bowl and he dips that cup down in there and takes a sip of. It. He goes, "Good, it's good." There's so yeah. many times in my life where I've had the freak out and I crack a cold Diet Dr Pepper and I take a sip. It's, it's good. It's good because it's just you're trying to trying to calm yourself off the freak out. But no, yeah, it's like one. So like one of the most overlooked, one of my favorite scenes from. Christmas vacation that I absolutely love. All right. I forgot. I know what my top five are, but I I don't I didn't make a list, so I'm going to have to look at the thumbnail. All right. Oh, um, gracious. All right. So we'll go. <laughs> we'll go because I don't have any of them in the house with me, of course, either, because I, no, I literally ran in here and threw on a different sweatshirt because another sweatshirt. Okay. And for anybody that doesn't know, I'm not working with AFCO anymore. Some stuff happened, so I no longer work with AFCO. So... My code's deactivated and everything. So 2024, I don't work with AFCO. So there you go. I took off a sweatshirt that had AFCO logo on it, just to be honest with you guys. Um, but anyway, so I threw off that sweatshirt and threw this one on and like come skirting in here sideways. So I have none was of the It
1: 8.59 when we were both on yes. here.
0: <laughs> yes. I literally like walked in the room at 8.56 at and being logged on at 8.59, I hit record and we're rolling. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, Yeah. So I have none of the baits here with me, but you guys have seen them. And here's the deal. Everything that we're going to be talking about, if you want more information about it, all the links will be in the description of this live stream as well as people listening on podcast. I'll make sure and throw them in the podcast description as well um, just so you guys can go check them out if you want any more information about them. But anyway.
1: Can they uh, message you?
0: Sure. They can DM me. Yeah. DM me. Facebook message me. Carrier Pigeon. Whatever you want. I don't care. Smoke signals, I'll try to answer. I know some pretty good smoke signals. Carrier pigeons, smoke signals, whatever it takes to get a hold of me. That's what you need to do. Seriously, if you need to get a hold of me, email me, DM me, whatever. I'm, I'm willing to talk to you. I love to talk to you guys, help you with any kind of questions that you may have. But like I said, carrier pigeons and smoke signals are very old forms of communication. And here's the deal is in the world... <clears throat> Carrier pigeons and smoke signals, ladies and gentlemen, very old forms of communication, and I'm sure still effective in certain ways, maybe not, I don't know, I've I've never used a carrier pigeon, but I think it'd be kind of funny to use one. But they're old forms of communication, meaning that they're outdated. And the thing is, is we live in a very modern world. And our bass boats and our kayaks are no different. These modern kayaks, these modern bass boats, we've got screens all over them. We've got motors. We've got raptors. We've got live oil pumps. We've got bluetooth speakers we've got radios i mean the list goes on and on and on of all the power demands that we have in our boats and in our kayaks and if you have those sort of power demands in your fishing life you need to check out x2 power batteries i trust x2 power batteries with my entire professional existence i mean literally i go out i'm fishing i'm on the water four or five days a week sometimes six days a week and if my batteries aren't working my professional life is not moving forward and I'm not a very happy camper but that is not an issue with x2 power batteries ever since I switched to x2 power batteries I've had zero battery issues in my fishing life and in my normal life as well I mean I trust x2 not only for my boat but also for the starting capabilities in my truck and all the electronic needs on my kayak and my world runs smoothly I know what you're saying Alex I only fish one two days a week, maybe, if I'm lucky, maybe once every two weeks. Why do I need to have these crazy batteries like you do? Well, here's the deal. The best battery that you can have is the one that you forget that you have because it always works, and that's the deal with X2 Power Battery. AGM to lithium, as long as those things are charged, they're going to work. And if for some strange, weird issue You have a problem with one at all. The best part is you can go into a local Batteries Plus near you. You can talk to a real person that's an expert about that battery. It's going to be able to help you to get that battery fixed and get you back on the water and doing what you love very, very quickly. So, If you're looking to repower your boat, power your kayak, whatever it is, even ATVs, trucks, all that kind of stuff. They do it all over at X2. Go to a local Batteries Plus near you or go to the X2 Power website. Check out the entire battery selection. You can also check out the battery calculator. You plug in all your electronic needs and it'll tell you the battery that you need and you can go pick it up. And if you use the code RUDX2, that's R-U-D-D-X, the number two, it'll save you 10% off your entire purchase both in-store and online. So go check them out, really. They are just the best batteries on the market. I love them. And uh, if I if I have a pigeon hit my front door here in a couple of days, I'll know it was one of you idiots that sent it to me. Enjoy the rest of this podcast. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. So my my one, I'm just going to go from top to bottom on the thumbnail for me. The one that I got is uh, the, the squeaky buzzer from Picasso with the skirt taken off with a crash crawl by Berkeley run up on the back of it. That dad Jim Buzzbait. So first of all, it caught my PB spot, six and a half pound, absolute dinosaur of a spotted bass, Um, and then ended up probably catching, I mean, I don't know, hundreds of spots spots in the river spots smallmouth. i mean i took it everywhere and got Do they bit. get
1: trashed like the more you catch fish like they just break like a spinnerbait or like what's the deal with it the-
0: i just broke the one that i caught my pb on it's actually laying right there on my shelf um but i finally broke that one after probably 150 fish like they're tough as nails like you bend them and bend them and bend them and it finally broke but yeah i actually ordered a different buzzbait which, this is hilarious. This is a totally true story. I ordered a different buzz bait and they sent me those on accident. I tried to order a, a Boogerman, and I don't know how in the world the order got messed up, but they literally sent me... So I went to, went to Tackle Warehouse, I ordered five Boogermans, three eighth-ounce Boogermans. I literally, and this is not a joke, got eight Picasso Rusty Squeakers in a variety of different colors. <laughs> And I was like, "This is not you what know, I wanted." It's always going to be the best thing to ever happen. Yeah, to you. yeah. I was like, "This is not what I wanted. The hook's a little too big. I don't really like it. Whatever." And so we were out on the we were out on the uh, on on the river, and I was throwing a different kind of buzzbait, and um, the Lunker Lewis br- buzzbait. And I was throwing it around, and I was like, "Man, I, I'm going to try this Picasso thing out because like the rivet is already rusted. That's why they call it the Rusty Squeaker." Run a dang gone crash crop on the back of that thing. First cast, and I'm is the rivet crimped on it already? Yes, crimped and rusted. And dude, it squeaks just (laughs) like I threw it out there and like three reels in, and I'm like, oh my god, like it's and dude, like they start dog stomping it, dog stomping it to the point that like I'm wiping the floor with John and Josh every time we go out there. And, like, I finally hand Josh one. I'm like, Josh, throw this buzzbait. And he starts getting bit. But, like, it was that particular buzzbait for some reason with that crash crawl on the back that just straight got him. And then the thing is, is I thought the hook may be too big. No, the hook is just right. It is huge. I mean, it is like a 5-odd, extra, extra heavy, just man tuna of a hook. Like, it's a tuna hook. But, dude, does it freaking stick. him? Mean, and like, seriously, with my PB, I didn't have him hooked very well, but because that hook was so big and so sticky, I kept that fish pinned where I don't think I would have got him in the kayak otherwise because I just didn't have with him a lighter hook or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And dude, especially
1: the way you put the hook. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Although I, in, a kayak, in a kayak, you have to pull them that hard, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You got to try to break their face. But I'm weird, though. Like with my buzzbait, I don't set the hook super hard. Like I kind of lean into them. Like I use a more moderate action buzzbait rod. So I'm actually using it's yeah. the um Bobby Lane. And Bobby, I actually like Bobby Lane. That's why I use his signature series rod. If I don't like the pro, I won't use the rod. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> that's <laughs> not a joke. It's, that's really not a joke. It's kind of not a joke. It's here's I don't see any reason to promote a pro's rod. It's their job to promote their own rod, but I like Bobby Lane, so I use his yeah. swim jig rod. But I use his swim jig rod as a um, buzzbait rod. And it's a medium heavy Uh, moderate fast, seven, four, medium, heavy, moderate fast. And, and like I use straight braid. I was using a monoliter, but I switched to straight braid and kind of when they eat it, I kind of just lean, like I'll sit, you know, six to 12 hook set, but I just kind of lean. It's really funny
1: watching the progression of Alex Rudd, who used to only know swing. And now
0: I actually have a little finesse to me, (laughs) just a little bit better. It's a little bit better. I've been fishing since I was five years old. Here's the problem. It's from five until like 25, we used mono, and like that's just what we did. Cause I
1: will never forget when you came up here the first year, and I had floral on my flipping rod. Yeah. And that's what you were using to fish that jig. Yeah. Yep. You bent out three or four jig hooks, like extra heavy boss, s- sparky jig hooks. Yep. Yep, I'm like, dude, you gotta, you gotta not, you have to tone it down. I'm yeah. Like, you're bending these jig hooks, yeah, because there's no stretch in that line. You're like, man, back home we're fishing CXX.
0: Yeah, right. P line CXX. That's what we used to fish, man. And I mean, like, dude, dad, I mean, dad, until the day he died, he refused to fish anything else. I mean, it was that, it. it was out of, it was. I think it was out of habit, but also it's, it's affordable. I mean, like, dude, fluorocarbon is. Is extremely ridiculous. overpriced. Like it's kind of stupid how overpriced fluorocarbon is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's why, like, in like a lot of people like trash triling, but I actually like triling. But I like triling, I think, because it, Okay, this is going to sound... Maybe it's not as premium of a fluorocarbon. Like, what's that deal? Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, Ben. You know, like when you get into that, like, $35, 40 fluorocarbon range, like the really high-end <laughs> shit, it's got, like, yeah. a brittleness to it. Whereas, like, Trilene's got a little... It's not. It's more supple and not as that brittle. Like, what is that? I don't know what that Trilene
1: is. Trilene is thicker diameter for the line size. So it's funny because, like, the lower line size Trilene's, when you're talking 6, 8, 10, maybe 12 even... Mm-hmm. Like the diameter is so much larger, it actually impacts your bait. So, like, if you're fishing finesse baits, mm-hmm. you don't want to use their light fluorocarbon mm-hmm. when you get to like their 12, 15 plus, dude. That stuff is so good,
0: yeah, it is. I mean, because
1: it's so good.
0: I like, I have swung on and boat flipped. I mean, dude, you know how many dang on and like even 10 pound, I like 10 pound for cranking and jerk baits, you know how many. I boat flipped the other day on a jerkbait rod and didn't break off. I broke off, finally broke off like a five-pound striper at the end of the day after I caught four off of one point and finally broke it off. And it didn't even, you know, it didn't break the knot. It broke above the knot because that striper just, you know, wallered all over it. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I like it. I like it, but it may just because I'm rudimentary. Like, I'm, I'm as, I'm so rudimentary that, like, if you said, Alex, you could only use, you know, like, Trolling XL mono I It wouldn't bother me. I would just go right to it and just keep on rolling. I mean, there's even yeah, some. Yeah, nothing would change in your game. No, pretty much not. Cause I still would just swing on their ass because that's the way I am. All right, Ben, what's your, uh, your number dos, sir.
1: A jerk bait. I fished a jerk bait a lot and it's kind of cyclical. Like one year I'll hammer them on a jerk bait and the next year I like won't get bit on it. And then the next year I'll hammer them. I crushed them on a jerk bait, especially this spring. Yep. Um, I played around with a bunch of different jerk baits. I was throwing a duo. Um, I caught a bunch on the duo 100 jerk bait, the really small one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I caught some on the Jackal re range mm-hmm. and I played with the Duo 120, but I didn't really get into it till it was too late in the season. So
0: did that Duo 120 gets it? Done. Tequila sunrise. I, my big, my, so I
1: love it. Cast forever. It, when you get it working, it works great. I hook the hooks on those with my line so much with that bait for some reason.
0: Are you kind of just barely working it, or are you cracking the shit out of it? I'm cracking it. See, I've never had I think it. I'm working it too hard. You're probably working a little too hard. Here's the deal. This is going to sound funny. Switch to mono. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple and has so much bounce that you can get away with it. But, no, yeah, that – so there was a – it was – I'd probably say six years ago, before like Duo was cool and before like Japanese baits were cool, me and my dad discovered that Duo, the 120, the SP in Tequila Sunrise. Well, I guess that's what it's called. I don't know. It's the one, I think it's called Tequila Sunrise. It's orange (laughs) on the back, chartreuse on the bottom, and it's got like chrome sides. Well, all the lakes around here were muddy because we had had a bunch of, we'd had like a really wet winter up to this point. Dude, we were cracking that ass with that jerkbait because like everybody else was trying to crank form spinnerbait, Alabama rig. They didn't really want to eat it. They wanted that stop and go. And the thing was, was with that jerkbait in particular, because of how bright it was and like how much it stood out and contrasted the water, do we cracked them on that thing. And it was well, awesome.
1: And a lot of people think that one twenty seems so big. It's really not.
0: No, it's, it's, it's tall. I think that's the, I have this philosophy about jerk bait, jerk baits, because I got a bunch of jerk baits. I mean, obviously the Stunna, I love it. It has its place. It has its time. I love that it, the fact that it sinks. I think that that gets bit sometimes when other jerk baits won't. But and it's like,
1: hard to get jerk baits to sink sometimes.
0: It is, it is. But the thing is, is like tall jerk baits, like a Strike King KVD jerk bait or that Duo. Those really tall, and like when I say they're tall, like that one twenty SP is. I mean, she's two inches It's got thick. flat
1: sides, and it's very tall.
0: Yes. I think sometimes that that is the key to getting a fish to eat a jerkbait, is that taller profile. There's something about the way it moves in the water, or it shimmies, or maybe it's just well, it, the size. It hard
1: flashes to the side. Yep. So it flashes really hard, yep. as opposed to these other jerkbaits I want to, like, kind of roll, and, like, yep. they don't really flash. They just kind of swim, like, roll.
0: Yep, yep.
1: I think the re range is the same way with those tall, flat sides, mm-hmm. like...
0: Mm-hmm. and you it's know,
1: very, like, it doesn't have a whole lot of secondary action. It like cuts and hits the side, yeah. but it's not like those ones that like want to swim. They mm-hmm. like roll.
0: Yeah. And uh bass assassin to answer your question, all stun a sink. They're, they're made to sink.
1: Um, the regular sinks way faster than the plus one.
0: Yes, it does. And that's why I like the regular better than the plus one in a lot of situations. Cause I can actually get a regular deeper than I can a plus one, because it sinks so much Way faster. Way deeper. Yeah, yeah.
1: The plus one is better for fishing on cover. Yep, yep. But the regular, if you want to sink that baby, that thing will sink like a stone.
0: And what was What's crazy is I actually, I didn't catch this fish using forward-facing sonar, but I saw it happen, which was really cool. As I was fishing a jerkbait and I panned and I saw the fish come up to the jerkbait. And I twitched it and killed it. And as it was sinking, the fish kind of swam down to it. And I popped it, and it popped up. And it like did this. It was the coolest thing on forward facing to get to watch it. It like the jerk bait sinking. I popped it, and the jerk bait goes up like this, and the fish goes down under it and comes up and hits it like that. And I <laughs> yeah. was like, that was one of the coolest things that I got to see because I was like, in my mind, I'm going that fish. Come from deep up and hit that thing. That's why I hooked it on that middle hook. No, that fish was following that bait, dropped below it when it popped up, and then came back up under it and ate it. Which I don't know what the the science is behind that, but it's a fascinating thing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. No. Anyway, so jerk bait. Anything else about it? Like what what were you throwing it all? Like what's your jerk bait rod? What's your jerk bait setup? Yeah. So I throw
1: it on a TFO seven foot cranking rod. I think that's really really important. It's a graphite cranking rod, but Mm -hmm. the reason I do that is because, like, when you set the hook on those fish, especially a smallmouth, and they come up and they jump, it bends deep enough in the blank to keep those fish pinned. But Mm -hmm. it's also, like, a lot of people have a misconception about crankbait rods that they're really slow, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, you hit a fish on a jerkbait rod, and it, like, bends and takes a second. It's very snappy still.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, it's snappy, but when you hook a fish, it, like, bends deep in the blank,
0: so... That's my And then I
1: throw it on ten pound floral.
0: Yeah, my jerkbait rod's similar. It's 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 a fast it's labeled a fast action, but because it's a medium, it bends way down into the blank. But like when you snap that jerkbait, that that tip, like you snap it and it right back right back into place. So you're ready to crack it again and it, you know, goes right back, which is that's what I like. I don't like I used to fish a more, it was kind of, it was a crankbait-esque rod. It was way too much glass in it, where when you would crack that jerkbait, what would happen is you'd get this, like, and it would, like, want to waggle on the end. But the problem And it causes is, that
1: jerkbait not to act right. Exactly. It's not as, yeah.
0: And you'll hook the front hook on it when you get that waggle, because I think it, like, <laughs> yeah. throws enough slack in the line back to the jerkbait that it hooks that front hook. But also what I like when it cracks right back into place is you can feel them when they bite it. Like, I felt every bite the other day on the pause, like, I would, and then I'd feel like and just set the hook right into them, lean into them. So I love
1: when you go to hit a jerkbait and they're like already right there and you just keep yep. coming.
0: Oh, I love it. I love when you go That's to the I love when you go to jerk a jerkbait and it just stops. Like you go wow. Yeah. And then you go and it just goes and it's like, oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that, dude. It's the best. Oh it's god. It's the best. Dude, you remember that bite we got on on that one like up uh, the one that had the the bass virus in it? And how, dude, we literally, it's wore, back. It's back.
1: It's oh so God, good.
0: Dude, we I got to come up there then in May and just bring a box full of jerk baits. And we'll just wear, we literally wore the paint completely off. What? Eight jerk baits in like three days.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they were mega bass. So it's not really saying a whole lot, but
0: uh, yeah, but dude, it was so much fun. God, it was, was, oh
1: dude, we should just, we should just stay up there.
0: Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. We'll go there. And then we'll go to the other place. Cause I okay. have a
1: tournament on the other place in January or okay. June.
0: Okay. I was about to say good luck on that. You're going to go out there and drill holes in the ice. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, keep going down my thumbnail here. All right, the next one. So this one, this one literally, I won. Do you have jerkbait on your thumbnail? I don't. I don't. I didn't catch them good on a jerkbait this year. This is like the first I've caught them on a jerkbait good is in this fall and winter, which is strange. I'm Normally a springtime bait for me. But anyway, the next one is a bait that I ended up winning probably – After it was all said and done, like $2,000 on this year in kayak tournaments, and that is the Barkley Slobberknocker. A three-eighths-ounce Slobberknocker in either white or herring with a... um,
1: When you say white, is it like that bone color?
0: Yeah, the the bonish kind of color. I love that. Yeah, I do too. I like that it's not a straight white. I like that it's got a little bit of contrast in it. I really think that that does make a difference. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But no, it was either I either through the power stinger on the back or the deal. And the the deal with that is literally knowing which one to throw and where and why I was doing it. Because the slobber knocker itself obviously has got its, its own action. But when you put a trailer on the back of it, depending on the trailer that you put on it, really... That slobber knocker and the way that that blade creates turbulence behind it is makes trailers do crazy things that you wouldn't think that they would do. Um, and Which what
1: one do you like better and when?
0: So Power Stinger was early this springtime, like early spring when those bait fish or when those bass are primarily eating threadfin chat. When you've got like-
1: super straight, hunt super straight. Su-
0: hunt super straight. Like there is no variation on that bait. And I really think that that is the key to getting those fish to eat that thing. Because when you've got a thousand bait fish up there doing this, and there's a shad spawn going on, and either it's going to be either a thread fin sp- spawn or a um, elwife spawn. I got on both with that. The power stinger on the back of the slobber knocker was the deal. And I was throwing herring when that was going on. When you've got a thousand bait fish up there doing this, and they're knocking off each other. When you got this bait come through the water column and it's like this right here, I think those bass, it, they just literally go, I can see that. I can track that down. I can put that in the back of my throat. And that is what they do. And that was, I was throwing the the smaller power stinger on a three eighths ounce herring slobber knocker this spring and wrecked them on that thing. Like I beat some guys in a tournament by like, I think that I beat the next closest dude to me by like eight inches um, That's crazy, literally dude. just off herring spawn.
1: Were they throwing, do you think they were throwing a blade bladed jig?
0: I talked to a few of them and they tried a jackhammer and they tried a jackhammer with a Zocco on the back. And I'm just telling you, people don't understand. Like the jackhammer is a phenomenal bladed jig. But it has its time and it has its place. And you've got to the most important thing about your, your bladed jig, in my opinion, is the trailer that you put on the back and knowing when and which and why you're throwing what you're throwing. And so to keep going down that, I would switch to the bigger um, the deal later in the year. Like when I got into summer... And when I was fishing, you know, big gizzard shad spawns. And when the gizzard shad would get like, you know, isolated up in areas. Because that's one thing like Caleb will tell you about gizzard shad is he has these areas that he goes and he gets gizzard shad. Because when the water starts to warm up, you know, like late summer or like early fall-ish kind of deal, you have this big movement of gizzard shad to the backs of the pockets. Well, I got on a really good bite with some largemouth that were kind of isolated in an area eating gizzard shad. That the deal on the back of that is three eighths ounce steel, but I switched it to the white and that bigger, full size, taller trailer, dude. They would i'm talking dig it out of the back of their throat where they wouldn't touch it
1: it. roll and move doesn't it
0: there you go that's it that tail having that secondary action so you get the blade doing what it's doing but then the tail's back there kicking too which kind of throws the turbulence off which makes that thing hunt and kind of roll like it wants to like come up and it'll like kind of roll over and then center back and then roll back over and center back and i think it just does a really good job of looking like a gizzard shad and when you're got bass that are targeting it less on like these giant balls of bait fish and more of these like individual bigger kind of gizzard shad bait fish it makes all the difference in the world and so yeah i mean i i uh won a kayak tournament i came in second in another kayak tournament um i'm trying to remember i think how many did i win that i won two kayak tournaments this year three kayak tournaments this year and, but like, dude, that freaking, the slobber knocker with either the deal or the power stinger on the back, depending on where, when, and what was going on, dude, it was just, it was, it was awesome. I mean, I just, I'm, that bait is always tied on in my boat. Like it is, has its I place. just think
1: about when you learned the bladed jig deal and you use that other trailer and you would use it for the same reason that you use the deal now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how it kind of has that counter kick mm-hmm. and you learned it during the summer when that was like. Like mm-hmm. it's funny again, kind of going back to like our progression, but like yeah. you now understanding the different progression and why yeah. you use one over the other and yeah. such and such and so It's really yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, there's and, and it's weird, like because there's something to that, and I don't, I like I wish I could go like here is what it is, and like you know somebody would probably make some shit up and make it sound really good, but I'm not gonna just make something up and make it sound good. <laughs> like there's just something about. Power stinger for smaller bait fish and when shad are spawning and the deal when you're around bigger bait fish and you're just trying to get those fish to like turn away from this hamburger that is a gizzard shad and eat something artificial. But like, dude, it's so powerful. I'll tell you how powerful it was. I'm fishing in this tournament. I'm fishing in this one particular area. I cast up in their cull shad, nothing. I cast up in their uh, slobber knocker with a power stinger in the back nothing and then i watch a four pounder smoke a gizzard chat and i was like alex you dummy i literally got a deal out ran it up on the back of there zung it in there first cast i caught a six pounder and it was a 21 inch and i came second in that tournament and i mean dude it's just there's something about that i don't know what it is but there's something about it and it's just that's crazy it's, it's this is
1: what happens when you are fishing and you're like able to pay attention to these small details mm-hmm. you can really start like Dolly. understand yeah exactly
0: yeah i think that's what like
1: that's you what the rhythm this year where you felt like you were pretty comfortable i know you've dealt with a lot but like
0: yeah yeah like june july i was dude i was kicking on all cylinders like you couldn't slow me down like you really couldn't like it was it was pretty oh that's one i forgot i got an honorable mention um but anyway <laughs> but like literally like which is crazy because dad passed away in may And maybe it was just because I was just trying to not even think about anything that I just got out there and, like, put my head down and grinded. But, like, literally June, July, and August, dude, and September. June, July, August, and September, I was firing on all cylinders. Like, every tournament I showed up to, I did well. Every time I went to the lake, I could figure it out. But it was like I was just the fish were doing what i understood the fish should be doing they were and i was following the progression so much easier where it's like right now i kind of struggle to be honest like if they won't bite a crankbait or a jerkbait like i just don't i i just don't want to do it but like that kind of season right there in that little time frame like i was like oh they're not doing this so by natural progression, I know from the past they should be doing this, and, well, hell, if they weren't there doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, the Mayfly hatch is happening. They should be in this area, and it should be going doing – well, hell, if they weren't there. And it was just like boom, 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 boom. All the little bricks fell in place. And literally that's how I came second in Angler of the Year in my kayak series is like the literally the last five tournaments of the year, I just knocked it out of the park, and it's because I was just – I was firing firing on all cylinders, dude. I don't know. It was weird. It's kind of just my little run. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And everybody forgets a semi pro. (laughs) Yeah, everybody
0: forgets I'm a semi pro. I still need to get that hoodie made, just semi pro right across the front. That Jim semi pro. All right. You go ahead, Ben. What's your next one, buddy?
1: Um good question. My next one.
0: Ben has graced me with a long pause, as he often does, and I don't know why he does those. It's kind of awkward, to be totally honest with you, but it's a long pause, and so here we are, and one thing that I need to talk to you guys about is insurance. If you not got insurance or your insurance isn't up to snuff, it can really be kind of disastrous, to be totally honest with you. like I hate to be that kind of person. It's like all doomsday and doom and gloom, and I don't wish bad on anybody, but the thing is, is accidents happen. You know, I mean, you get in a car wreck, someone backs into you in a parking lot, someone hits you at a boat ramp. I mean, God forbid something really bad happens. You break a limb or you get really ill or the worst, you die. You got to have good insurance. You got to make sure that all your policies are in place so that not only your possessions, but the most important people in your life, your family, are taken care of in those situations. So if you're looking at your insurance policies and you're thinking, man, I really need to kind of go over this. I need to make sure that everything is the way that it needs to be. You need to give Matt Phillips a call over at First Choice Insurance. Matt is an awesome dude. His whole entire family has been in the insurance business for a long, long time. And yeah, obviously they're there to make money, but the biggest thing is being family owned and operated here in the United States, Missouri to be specific, They know the values that the family brings and that, you know, that we're all not just like swimming in cash and that sometimes we've got to cut corners and and we got to make sure that we're, you know, budgeting correctly to make life work. And the thing with insurance is with some companies got to spend a lot of money to get really good coverage. But at First Choice Insurance, what Matt is going to do is he is going to sit down, he's going to look at your policies, he's going to give you all the options that he can give you, and he's going to help you to get aligned with the best policy for the amount of money that helps you out and isn't going to break the bank. And that's what he did for me. You know, when I was going full time with this whole YouTube content creator thing, the biggest obstacle in my way was my health insurance. Health insurance is astronomically priced. And what's really cool is First Choice Insurance had written policies for small business owners that were kind of i mean they were reasonable in comparison to some of these policies that i was looking at twenty five hundred thirty five hundred dollars for just like run-of-the-mill insurance it wasn't that great this is much more affordable it's much better insurance with a lot of really cool options and if you're looking to re-up life health boat car whatever it is give first choice and then first choice insurance a call it's Matt Phillips again 5736862870. Matt Phillips, First Choice Insurance, 573-686-2870. Tell them I sent you or go DM them on Facebook and they will be able to help you out. That was my long pause. Now back to Ben's long pause. Is it the Great American Oh, the Challenge? Minobi. The Minobi.
1: Yeah, so-, so this was a cool yeah. project. Really, this like caught a bunch of fish for me, but it was a really cool project. So I worked with XI Baits to come up with my own or a custom drop shot bait so it's really unique it's a drop shot and super versatile like small minnow and goby profile bait um i don't have one with me but that bait caught me a ton of fish whether it was on just a small jig head whether it was on a drop shot whether it was um i dragged it on a football for a little bit i mean i just caught a ton of fish on that thing it was just super super cool to see that come to life and not just like be there but mm-hmm. like actually outfish other baits.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so here it is. Here's the Binobi. Sweet. There is the Bonobi. Yes.
1: So the concept behind it is a bait fish and a goby profile all in one um one bait. So
0: yeah. So tell ridged, everybody kind of flat about side- yeah tell everybody about flip how you can flip it upside down and how it's like crazy how it's got different actions it sinks it does it, like yeah. honestly ben knocked this one out of the park and i have to say that i'm really proud of my friend on this one because it is really fascinating to see how something so simplistic has so many different options the way it can be rigged the way it be fished just simply by flipping it upside down or the other way around thanks dude yeah you're
1: welcome. Um, it's crazy. I I don't really know why my brain works this way sometimes and it's not all the time, but rigged flat side on top, it has a rounded belly, so it looks like a minnow, but actually it has those fins which helps stabilize the bait. So like it kind of has like a rolling and a darting action when you fish it. And rigged with the flat side on bottom, it has more of like a, uh like a gliding action mm-hmm. and it sort of hovers. So it looks more like a Gobi, not only profile wise, um, but like action wise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing is that we have some really cool colors. So like the color design, there's no other bait on the market designed this way. Like our Gobi color is designed with the dark side on back. It's called um, Old ben. Spanky.
0: Spanky. I'm spanky. Uh, or not
1: Spanky. Uh, it's um, Sandman.
0: Sandman. Hush, it's got it's got a
1: darker favorite. goby back and then it's got a pearl belly and then our bait fish colors have a uh, darker flat side and lighter rounded side mm. uh tackle warehouse did a terrible job taking the picture they really
0: kind of did like i because this does not give this bait justice like it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 a good bait i threw it this year i threw it on a ned rig um, yeah, rigging cool. it round side up and um like it does glide that's what i like about it is like i would throw it in there and it would kind of like it would like helicopter down and like it would give those fish half of a second to just smoke it
1: yeah flat side down it does like this death spiral yeah flat side up for some reason doesn't spiral at all it just nose dives yep. it's really crazy like the different yeah. actions
0: yeah it's a cool bait dude i you knocked that one out of the park. I'm I'm proud of you on that one. I've I've enjoyed. I threw That's it. Sweet. Actually, that bait got me second in that same tournament I was talking about with the slobber knocker, because I was in like six and I used a morning dawn one with the tail dot in chartreuse on a Ned rig head, and I got one call that I needed that pushed me up into second place. I remember that. Yep. Yep. So that's they, crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, that
1: was cool. It was cool to be part of that, but also to like make a bait that's actually useful. Yeah. There's so much of just baits out there for the sake of having a bait, but mm-hmm. this one was pretty cool. Yeah. so
0: No, it's, it's pretty fascinating. I mean, like it really is like you guys and you in particular, I mean, it's just weird. Like, when you first showed it to me, I was like, okay, Ben, it's just another yeah, thing. It's
1: another beat.
0: And then you started showing me all the shit it could do, and I was like, that's like a damn Swiss Army knife. <laughs> it's like these Swiss Army <laughs> knife really, of like... It really is. Like, you it's could drop shot it, yeah. Ned rig it, Domeki rig it, you could tight line it, you could... I mean like you could do everything with the,
1: it. I could go on this whole like live stream. The tail has a shimmy because it's a half bulb. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's a really cool bait. Yeah, the
0: back end of that thing looks like a pecker though. Um it does. It, it looks like a half a little pecker. It just looks like a little pecker. All right. Uh the next one for me. The uh the old Berkeley coal shad. Oh gosh. Mm, I love that bait so much. So I have to say I kinda so Let's back up a little bit. I was throwing the mag draft before the mag draft was cool. Okay. I was like before everybody thought the mag draft was cool. I got video proof like eight years ago. I bought a six-inch mag draft, oh, an eight-inch mag draft, and, and was throwing it before it was cool. So I've always liked
1: Dude, you were throwing the mag draft eight inch like it was crazy.
0: Yeah, and catching fish on it too. Like I that's when I really start to understand the power of like bigger swim baits. But this year, you know, I've always liked a six-inch you know, like what a harness swim bait or whatever you want to call it. I just always had issues with the mag draft because the mag draft, is ha- all, about that six inch. all about that six inch. I get to see it every day. I know how exactly how long it is. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? Uh, six inch, but like this, but the mag draft, the issue I always had with the mag draft is it has to be reeled at a certain speed. And it drove me crazy because I couldn't use it in the rivers. I couldn't use it in the creeks. I couldn't use it where the water was moving. It always drove me nuts. Well, then, lo and behold, here comes the Berkeley Berkley with in all of its glory. In whatever way you want to think about it, it is is a phenomenal upgrade on the harness swimbait category because it can be fished at any speed. And so this thing cracked them in the creeks and the rivers. It cracked them on the lake. Anywhere that I was around current, I could throw that thing, and I was getting bit. And it's just another one of those baits that this year, I mean— I locked it in my hand and, like, just let her rip. And, I mean, I caught a lot of big fish on that thing. In another tournament, I did really well, and I got fourth. Um, I caught one of my big kicker fish on the coal shad. And so, yeah, I, I love the damn thing. But my favorite thing about it, so I'll give you guys a little kind of insight into things that I do with it. So, like, I'd be fishing a creek or river or whatever, and wherever, like, a little current seam was at, I could throw that coal shad in there and reel it and watch it and i could vary the speed and if you watch my videos you'll watch me do this is like i'll be reeling i'll speed it up just a little bit and slow it down and speed up just a little bit slow it down and what i'm doing is essentially feathering that thing through the current and keeping it upright and keeping the the tail paddling and the head swinging and so i would just like feather it down through that current and almost fish it like a fly fisherman would you know you like you you like let it and you like roll the, yeah. the seam, yeah. or hell i don't know what that's called but i would throw a damn six inch piece of plastic up there and do the same thing and keep my rod tip up and those fish would just come out of there and, and grab that thing and man i loved it now they've got the the new saltwater version out too that is unrigged and i can't wait to throw some of those things on a big old swim bait head in the current and see what happens yeah. this spring but yeah i, Dude, I, I love you should shed. go
1: down to the tail races mm mm-hmm.
0: And dude, they got an all chartreuse one, which I think is like a saltwater type thing. But all I can think yeah. is smallmouth, freaking six inch swim bait <laughs> in the back of their throat. Me and Mr. Caleb Bell just letting it rip tater chip. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you can weight the coal shad. Um, so, so coal shads, what's cool about them is they have two designated holes on the bottom of the bait for nail weights. So they're already pre. Um, Molded in there so that you don't tear up the bottom of your bait and you can put up to an eighth ounce nail weight in both holes. Now, me personally, I've not weighted it yet um, just because I've not had any need to. I also fish in shallow water all the time because that's just the way that I am. Um, but yeah, though, it's got those two designated holes, so you can do that. Um, but I freaking love the thing. So
1: you can put it in both holes at the same time, too, both holes at the same time.
0: You can. It's great. It's just, you know, put all that up there in both holes. Great American Challenge. (laughs) All right. um, Google that, ladies and gentlemen. Ben, what's your next one, buddy? Do not Uh, Google the Great American Challenge. Or do. It's your choice, not mine.
1: My next one is a small swim bait. So, like a 2.8 to 3.3 inch swim bait. And this really isn't much of a surprise. I fish it in the springtime when the water's cold. And then I fish it basically from late summer throughout the fall. Mm. So in the springtime, I'll fish it up off bottom. I'll like swim at mid column. And during the winter time, I'll throw it and crawl it. Mm-hmm. So I was throwing a beast coast, slow flow mm-hmm. 2.85 was like my go-to size. Mm-hmm. I also fished um, just like a Kai 3.3 as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it catches so many fish.
0: I mean, dude, it's kind of just a staple. Like yeah, it just is what it is. I mean, it works here, and it
1: wasn't even like it's not even live scoping them. It's just like swimming a small swim bait along high percentage areas.
0: Yeah, yeah. And those fish, your fish are so unique in the fact that it's like they if they're if you're in the area and you bring a bait through that area, those fish will swim quite a distance. in the spring. In springtime,
1: yeah. 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 Now, like,
0: fall, you got to knock them on top of the head and, like, shiver it into their mouth. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they start to get a little smart. But in the springtime, like, if you're just in the area, right, and you're around these fish, that's the reason hair jig's so good. It has so much drawing power. Yeah. Like, Which you throw that bait out, and you just crawl it. Yeah. mid column. And you just kind of talk to your buddy until one decides they want to pull back.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, See, we do awesome. a thing here that quite a few people do. I don't enjoy it, so I don't do it, but I have done it is like literally polishing every single rock with like a two inch swim bait on a big like football head. And you literally throw it out there and you just, and I mean like click, clack, bong, peek, And then all of a sudden it goes, donk. And like, and I'll tell you something else that not a lot of people do. And this is some juice that I probably don't need to be sharing. And it's old school. And like so many people forget about it. A grub. Do the same thing with a yeah. grub.
1: It's. I've gotten to the point it's basically the same technique. Yep. Like yep. a grub, I guess, can work really slow, which is the benefit. But <clears throat> we'll do the same thing with a small swim bait. So I've actually taken mm-hmm. – I've been playing with that Nishine mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. It's a really like – looks like a triangle essentially. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I've not seen it, but go ahead.
1: Uh, so essentially it's like a really long, pointed nose. Is it on top house? Yeah.
0: Okay, I'll look it up. Keep talking. It's
1: called the smelt head. smelt head. The benefit of that is the head's so long that it crawls like a crankbait and it helps keep your line tie protected. Hmm. It also helps a bait stay down like a crankbait as opposed to like a football head. Um I've just started to play with that over the past month or so, but
0: That's a weird I've been looking, using that. That's a weird looking yeah. deal. Like I would never buy that because it looks kinda hokey, but I get why. I get why it works it's really, really, really well.
1: It's really good. It's really good. Hmm. And you fish it with a snap.
0: Oh. You ever had the snap if, open Especially up? if
1: you're fishing around rock. No. I mean, you're throwing it on like eight pound test line. So no. okay. you know, yeah. you'll never open the snap, but you crawl it and that snap protects your line. Um, super, super good.
0: That's cool. I might actually have to try that. That's like really cool. And fishing on the snaps really interesting. Where'd you learn that? Some My Japanese,
1: buddy, Some yeah. Japanese
0: video where they don't speak English at all the whole no, time.
1: Keo came fishing with me, and yeah. uh, he was throwing it with the snap, and I wasn't. I'm like, yeah, that, whatever. That's yeah. hokey, whatever. And then I broke one off, and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> then I put a snap on. And what it actually like gives that bait more action.
0: I was about too. to say it probably gives it a little bit more action too because it's got a free range of motion on the snap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's dude. There people make fun of people for throwing snaps. I don't know why, but like with crankbaits, especially, same reason they
1: make fun of people for wearing a life jacket.
0: Yeah, God, that's still the stupidest damn thing. Yeah. Literally, I never thought in my life I would get made fun of for wearing a life jacket. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the stupid. Mikey one. fishes a snap a lot though. Oh, I'm telling you, snaps, dude. Snaps on crankbaits. You, it's sneaky it's sneaky to the point of certain crankbaits with snaps in the front of them you will get more bites if you're throwing a snap because it gives it just a little bit more free range of motion and gets a little bit more action and that's specifically with balsa stuff you got to know which baits to throw it on but if you're throwing it on the right baits with some certain Bossa stuff and other unbalsa things that are supposed to be Bossa esque have that Bossa like action if you get what well, i'm saying a little
1: more comes with the snap
0: oh you can't fish it without a snap you can't yeah, you can't exactly. put a you can't put a split ring on that and fish it. It won't <laughs> it won't fish right. It's because it's designed. Yeah. So there's obviously something to it, especially old warts. Like, yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, my next one. Oh, this one. We're gonna save that one for last. We're gonna skip that that one and then come back to it. The okay. next one is um El Chapo, El Chapo, El Chapo, and in particular 120 one twenty one twenty size El Chapo. Um, dude, I won a tournament. I won the classic this year, throwing that bait, 120 size on shade lines. And it is a bot that I learned six years ago. Yeah. It's um, been
1: so long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I learned that there was a hurricane coming in. And it was the dead middle of summer, and there were glass minnows everywhere on the lake. And I thought, how am I going to get these fish to bite? Like, I was trying everything, little bitty minnows, everything, or a little bit like minnow style baits and everything, little bitty crankbaits, it wouldn't bite nothing. And then I watched a bass chase some of those glass minnows, and I thought, God, that looks just, at that time, the whopper plopper. I said, it looks just like a whopper plopper. And so I picked up a whopper plopper, and I commenced to absolutely reckon them. And so six years passed by and I was on the lake that I figured that bite out on and this works a lot of different I mean like the chapo works everywhere. It's
1: not just it's not just where you're fishing. No,
0: no. This I mean there was a one of the guys that we fish against literally just beat our eyeballs in with a chapo on a completely different lake that sets up completely differently just because they were chasing <laughs> them smaller minnows. Um but I mean, dude, this year I was fishing that tournament and I thought, Alex, you know what to do here. And I literally looked at the camera and I said, if this works, I'm going to wreck them. <laughs> and the next cast was an 18 and three quarter inch smallmouth, which was big fish. And what just led to me catching 56 inches and ended up winning that tournament. And then I was on that bot for freaking three weeks. But here's the craziest part. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you definitely should. Cause I post things there that I don't post here and you'll see stuff. And I have this chapo sitting right over here. I probably need to grab it. But um the the Monday <laughs> I forgot about this. Yes, it's crazy. The Monday after I won that tournament, I told Bethany, Hey, I'm gonna go back out here and um I'm, I'm gonna go fish this Chapo some more. I mean, because it's just a stupid fun bite. They eat it hard, it's fun, you know, makes good makes for good YouTube. And uh then plus I also am like a crack outle praying menace when I'm out there. When one of them bites that thing, I'm just like, Hee-hee-hee. but um anyway, <laughs> so I tie on this chapo, I throw it in there and I break it off like fish comes up i mean smashes it and breaks it off comes up trying and trying to get it out of its face i followed it around for like five minutes because it just kept jumping and jumping i thought maybe it'll wear itself that's out. the worst oh that it is the worst. worst yeah i thought well maybe it'll like wear itself out or get this thing hung sideways and roll up to the top and i'll be able to net it and get this thing out of its face and it didn't and i was like god it sucks man that just sucks so bad And so I even come back at the end of the day and like idled around just to see if I could find the chapo, see if he slung it. And I was like, damn it, you know, that fish is probably just going to end up dead. You know what I mean? Cause it's just such a big bait in the side of its head and it just sucks. (laughs) And so that was in September and last month. So November, no, it was October. It was October. No, it was November. It was November. It was middle of November. I go to the lake where I broke that fish off. I find that exact chapo stuck in a root ball a mile and a half up river from where I broke that fish off at. And I'm going down the bank, and I see it stuck in this root ball, and I go, in the water was down a little bit. So this root ball had been in the water, and, it, and the water was down. And th- I'm talking this thing was stuck in this root ball hard. Well, I see this thing, I think, well, that's a chopo. I was like, I'm not going to freaking leave the chopo laying there. I'm going to go get this chopo. I pulled the damn thing out of the water. It's got about a foot of 17-pound mono, Trilene XL green mono, still tied on the front of it right now. It's still tied up on there. It's a chrome and black 120-size Chapo. And that fish, I guess, had swam upriver and drug its face on that root ball to get that thing out of there and finally got that that Chapo out of its face. And I now have that Chapo. Hanging up on my classic trophy because that it was ridiculous because it was the Chapo that I won the classic on.
1: That is ridiculous, it's,
0: dude. If, if I didn't have the Chapo, people wouldn't believe me. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the that's coolest, crazy. it's one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me, ever. Like, I like one of the coolest things ever. So, yeah, but yeah, Chapo, love that's it. It's crazy, it's one of my favorite baits. Throw it on a 7.6 medium heavy top water slash. Um, bladed on
1: a 7.6 medium-heavy spinning rod?
0: Yes, I do. I just throw it out there and reel it as fast <laughs> as I can. Um, no, it's a 7.6 medium-heavy um, bladed jig slash topwater winch Abu Garcia rod. That's the best thing to throw that 120 on because it's got enough ass that you can toss that thing around. And then 40 pounds – I'm doing 40 pounds straight um, – braid now i used i do the mono leader because they'll come up and hit it so damn hard sometimes if they throw slack in that braid and that braid will wrap around that front treble hook but it's not worth it to me to have the chance to break it off i just don't trust it so i'm just going straight you know 40 pound braid now and then like a seven gear ratio reel because you got to pick it up and get it up on top of the water and get her going it's i mean it floats but that higher gear ratio reel helps you there is a i will give you this and I've said this before, there's like a frequency with it. You can reel it too slow and you can reel it too fast. There's like this middle frequency where it literally gets like almost like a, it like drones, where it's like a, it's I can only make the noise and everybody's going to make fun of me because I got to make the noise. But it's just like a it goes from being like a blah, 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 blah. Or, like a to, you want it to just go, and when it gets that, like a rhythmic dude, they smash it. So, yeah, there you go.
1: There's something about having a rhythm in bait, like certain baits, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you gotta get it's rhythmic i mean and it literally like i like i'm funny because like i'll be like dancing in the front of the boat because it's like it, the, it, the, it, the, i mean it's like and it's like drums and there's it's a speed which i guess that thing is just it's falling and grabbing in a way that it becomes rhythmic and it just it gets a man
1: so That's so interesting i love
0: it yeah it's it's one of those like weird things that i've figured out and like dialed in and can take it about down there anywhere and get bit on it. Because I know when and where. Yeah, you built
1: that confidence, and you know when and where to throw it now. and.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I could be in New York or Michigan and go, it's Chapo time. Like, this is Chapo. And, like, the thing is, and I'll tell you another thing, is it will get bit in a lot colder water than you think it will. Like, I've got bit doing that bite in 50-degree water before. It's crazy. They'll come at, now when you do I know them, guys
1: that swear by like a buzz bait in mid fifty degrees, like mid low fifties.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that same sort of deal, but here's the deal. At that point you gotta understand you are literally giant hunting. Like you are yeah. not those other like two, three pounders that kind of bit it before, they're they're not gonna do it. It is gonna be absolute freaks of nature that eat it. But it's it's fun. That's actually how that guy beat us in that tournament. Like, I, I didn't think... That's how think
1: Nick it. won uh, on Grand Lake a couple of years ago. Really? Throwing a big a big Chapo.
0: Yep. And the Chapo's better... whatever. T- well, I like the Chapo better than the Plopper. And I know some people are going to go, because you work with Berkeley. No. Berkeley weighted the bottom of the Chapo better, and so it tracks way better than a plopper ever did. That was always the issue with the plopper is we would have to and Tactical Bassin did a video on this years ago. And I actually got this tip from Tactical Bassin. I have to give this to Matt and Tim over there. Is to run a snap with a swivel on it so that when it did like that it would like level itself out as it was coming back to the boat because a plopper was notorious for wanting to roll and roll and roll. And what would happen is you would just kink all your lineup because that thing would roll all the way back to the boat. The chopper, the way that they weighted it, it's, it's superior. Just bar none superior than a plopper because they track way straighter in the water by the way that they're weighted. So yes. All right. What's your next one?
1: So building on your crazy story, I have a crazy story that will lead into this bait. Yes. So I was throwing this bait. And I was catching some fish on a shallow bar and I made a long cast and I had just retied reeling this bait back to the boat and I get a bit and I'm like, man, that feels like a giant fish, like a really big one. And I like have my net ready, but the water's off colored. So I'm fighting this fish back to the boat and I bend down with my net to get this fish. And I'm like, Oh my God, there's two fish on this bait. And it breaks me off. I'm like, Oh damn it. I've never caught two fish. Yeah. Let alone, on a bait with small number four or six treble hooks. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were fours. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it, dude, that would have been so cool to catch two fish at one time. (laughs) So then I proceed to tie on another one and I catch a bunch of fish that day. The day goes on, whatever. It was a good day. I go out the next day fishing and I'm throwing a lipless. I'm throwing a duo apex vibe and I'm winding this bait mid column. And there's like a rhythm to that bait too. Like, when it wants to work the best
0: mm-hmm.
1: neither here nor there anyways i hook this fish
0: wait wait is it here or is it there or is it neither here nor there
1: it's neither here nor there could it, it possibly really... could it possibly be somewhere though it could be somewhere it's probably somewhere okay. but it's in a different realm okay so okay. like of all of these parallel universes that we're yeah. living in yeah. i'm sure one of them will go down the rabbit hole of why that rhythm makes a difference on that Get page. You, okay. but,
0: I'm, on, I'm on the same page now go ahead
1: Okay, so I'm throwing this Apex vibe, and I'm winding it along the same ridge. Next day, hard winds coming out of the opposite direction than they were the day before. Water temps dropped. And I hook this fish, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a big one. And I'm winding it back to the boat. I get it in the net, and I look down, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is my bait that I broke off the day before. Not only – like, no one else was fishing this area, obviously. So, and no uh, one was throwing that bait because it's super unique. It It's an XI XB1 square bill crankbait. Yeah. And it's in a hot bone color. Yeah. Anyways, so really, really crazy story. But I caught so many fish on that bait. Like I wore the bill off a couple of them just by grinding it along these rocks. But what was really key for me is like smallmouth fishing. A lot of our water had dropped. Yeah. So I was fishing this bait mid mid-column mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And catching a bunch of fish,
0: yeah, yeah, but the
1: well, deal with the that's deal a, with that square bill is the weight transfer,
0: yeah, well, and that's the thing too a lot of people don't understand is like you your crankbait doesn't always have to touch the bottom, like doesn't always have to touch the bottom,
1: yeah, no, doesn't, yeah, definitely doesn't. And I was keying in on small bait fish pushing up on this ridge that were like up towards the upper half of the yeah. column, yeah, so this bait was diving like four foot down and six foot of
0: water, yeah. Yeah. So it's got a weight transfer does the weight transfer system system give it any sound or is it just a weight transfer
1: system? yeah it has like a one knocker almost.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: they have a silent version too, but for what I'm doing, like I can't throw that because without the weight transfer, like I'm not casting that bait in the wind.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's cool. So
0: no, that's a it's a good yeah. looking crankbait too. I like that color too. That what's it called?
1: Uh the Xite XB one
0: okay no, it's, the, it's uh color. like 50
1: size the oh color. so i have hot bone
0: yeah that one which I is like,
1: like a one. bone with a yellow back and then there's jailbreak which is a bone with like a chartreuse back and silver perch marks on yeah it.
0: i think that's the one i put in the thumbnail because i've recognized that one i like jailbreak that yeah jailbreak.
1: jailbreak is really really good
0: i like that ben's been in a couple jailbreaks all right. Um, no, yeah. That's a that was, I, When you sent me that picture, I was like, "Dude, there's no." And then I did the Chopo thing. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I And then is you called year.
1: me and you're like, "Hey, dude, I think I got a story to compete." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, "I'm gonna one up you here. I'm gonna one up you." I literally, <laughs> yeah, my exact yeah. words were, "I'm gonna one up you on your crankbait story."
1: Yeah, It's yeah. been
0: a year for weird Just crap.
1: The odds of all of that happening, like the odds of that fish hooking into that log and then you finding that log when the water came down like wild. Yeah. Yeah. The odds of my fish still being there, biting my bait in the same area on the great lakes. The next day is crazy too. It's just insane.
0: Dan, to ask, answer your question, my favorite color on the Chapo, this is actually kind of funny. Trout. Trout's one of my favorites. I don't know why I think, I mean, I think they're going to eat it either way, <laughs> but I really like trout, uh, trout and bone. Um, are kind of my two go-tos but yeah trout trout's like a weird there's a little bit of pink in i don't know i don't know if it actually makes a difference but i have had really good success on the trout one but i've also tied on a bone one and gone to work on them um but if it's like super duper sunny and there's not a ton of wind tie on a chrome one like straight chrome is is another good one but yeah anything that looks like there's a bait something
1: fish. to that pink hue on that bait on the trout color
0: something I don't know what it is because there's certain lakes that the trout works better than others, and there's no trout in the lake. It's just there's something about that. Yeah, it's pink. not about
1: the it's not about the trout. It's just like the hue and the broken up pattern.
0: Yeah, something about that, and it just it gets wrecked. All right, last definitely. You not. have
1: honorable mention, right?
0: Oh yeah, my honorable mention is the Swamp Lord. Um, I wrecked him on that thing. Wait, did I miss one? Mm, no i don't think so you did your you did your jig with your no i got all
1: mine uh, for some reason one two
0: three four five yeah no you're good
1: you didn't talk about the crankbait yet
0: yeah we're about to talk about that now gotta do my honorable mention um honorable mention is a swamp lord i wrecked him on that thing this year i mean the bot window was pretty um narrow as far as like <laughs> when it worked it was like a late summer mayfly bluegill spawn that whole time frame um frog fishing this year as far as like grass fishing was terrible because we got so much rain that it like just jacked up all the grass and so i literally did not get on a good frog bite at all even going down to chickamauga i didn't get on a good frog bite um do you think
1: these spots are going to take over watts bar what's the next like down micajack
0: uh chickamauga Oh, no. I mean, dude, Watts Bar's done. Like, every single smallmouth that they weighed in during that open was a mean mouth. Watts Bar's done. Like, five more years, there will be not a single brown fish in that lake. It sucks. And I think that's what's hurting everything on that lake. I think that's why that lake's fishing. That and fishing pressure, I think, is the two things that are hurting that lake so bad which kind of sucks, but the there next,
1: were like stories of seven, eight pounders like six years ago.
0: Yep. Oh, they said it's next Lake Chickamauga. And the thing is they are in Chickamauga because of where me and John and Josh go catch those spots. It's technically connected to Chickamauga. It's a long way from the main lake, but they're in there. And the thing is, is, I don't – see, Chickamauga – they've been in Chickamauga for a while now, though, and they've not been as prolific, and I don't know if it's just because of the size of the body of water, but I think also it's just because they've not made it – got to make it to where the smallmouth are at to be – to show the difference. Because that's the thing, is they only show their cells that they're there when they breed out all the smallmouth and there's no smallmouth left. So, I mean, this year we could go to the tail race and they all be mean-mouths. I have no idea until we get down there and we start fishing. But, I mean, dude, it happens that fast, like year to year. And, like, I'm catching those Alabama spots in places I've never caught Alabama spots before. And it's it's just over. I mean, it is just over. It's it's sad, dude. It sucks. because They got to mix meanwhile,
1: or spots with something that's more aggressive but grows bigger. It's like an F1 spot.
0: Well, then that's the problem is it won't happen because the spots, like it's like the whole pundit square thing. Spots are always dominant. It doesn't matter if it's male or if it's female, they're always dominant. And so their genes dominate smallmouth genes. And so what you have is you'll have a spot smallmouth spawn, which makes a mean mouth. And when that mean mouth spawns with a smallmouth or a spot, it then produces complete spots. And so you've only—we've
1: been doing this YouTube stuff for like, this is year eight or nine. So we nine long time, yeah, dude. And like, I just think about how much has changed on our bodies of water in the past so many years. Yep, that's crazy. Dude. And the
0: thing is, is this completely stemmed from a jackass with a five-gallon bucket thinking that he knew more than the biologist did. And now they're in Tennessee. They're in, they're in almost every single lake. And They're in Loudoun. That's like Gussie. Gussie, one of the biggest fish that he weighed in during the Classic was a mean mouth, because Telico Lake is full of Alabama spotted bass. And the thing is, is it's only a matter of time before there are no smallmouth bass where Gussie tries to come back here and do the same thing that he did, and they're not there because they've been replaced by Alabama spotted bass. They're so they're in Loudon, Chick. Crazy, they're in Loudon, Wattsbar, Chick, Nickajack, Parksville. They did some <laughs> genetics testing on Norris, and they are in Norris, which that's that's a nightmarish scenario because because Norris is essentially like Lake Lanier, just deep, clear big sprawling lake i mean so they'll thrive in there that place also has zebra mussels so they're gonna thrive there's also alewives so they're gonna thrive in there and so i've heard they're in norris they're luckily not in douglas or cherokee yet so i mean we still have a couple fisheries that will have smallmouth in them but i mean dude i I can't imagine because it can happen they move they they work their way all through all the way through teleco through Loudon and they work their way up into the Holston and the French Broad Rivers, and then there's no smallmouth in the Holston and the French Broad Rivers anymore because there's, they've been spawned out by spots. It is going to happen. And, dude, it, and CJ, I, eat them, at, dude, they're so prolific you can't out-eat them. Once they're in there, there's nothing that you can do about it. I mean, Damn. Dude, it, it is like, it is like, it would be like trying to, I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I can't even, I don't even know how to compare it. I mean, it is like, I mean, this is the biggest threat to bass fisheries in the nation right now or Alabama spotted bats and how prolific they are. And here's the deal. They don't have any case studies yet of anything north of Kentucky. They don't know what they can do. So if someone got a wild hare and brought them up there, they could ruin. A, they could ruin the Great Lakes fisheries. <laughs> oh and they're in virginia now too they're in some virginia rivers where they're not supposed to be there's a uh, bailey's buddy uh justin Lar- largen i think or Largen. largan i don't know how he says it. justin i'm sorry um i don't but they're i don't want to get too
1: much into it but like it drives me nuts these short-term studies that are being spoken as fact which ones well just in general short-term studies being spoken as long-term fact but the reason I say that or bring that up is because, like, we know what's going to happen with the spots. We can see it linear like <laughs> you have proof. You have evidence of long term effect of what happens when you in put spots in a place. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, they're cool. It,
1: it's just these biologists coming out and saying, OK, well, this is the plan to resolve this issue after three years of study that. Mm,
0: yeah. No, I I don't disagree. I mean, well, it's because – I think it's because there's a a lot of social pressure on biologists right now, and I'm part of that. I mean, I'm part of the social pressure. I'm pressuring in a good way. I mean, I'm having conversations to get people's interest peaked. I mean, there have been things that have been done because I'm a loud voice here in East Tennessee and in Tennessee in general in the pushing of getting some stuff done. And, and so I'm doing it in a positive way, but I think there's a lot of people that are doing it in a negative way. And so because of this social pressure, they're doing studies and they're spending money in ways to to satisfy, I guess, for lack of better terms, um, big tournament organizations and city councils and things. OK, you want me to give you a grand freaking conspiracy? This is a little yeah. bit. I have no factual basis in saying this, but everybody knows you track the money and you figure out what's going on. This is also a giant rabbit hole. I believe that there are some city councils that are pushing our biologists and our state agencies to do studies that will be short-term studies that show the positive impacts of tournament fishing, forward-facing sonar, Whatever it is or may not, maybe
1: <laughs> I, I I I brought this up because I didn't mean to go here. I know it's We were talking about studies, and I just it just came out of my mouth. My problem with these studies is like they're viewed as factual, but it's like three to five years of evidence that has no real basis in comparison to the thirty-plus years of evidence we have before it. Yep, like. Yep.
0: I don't and, and, want to go and into and it
1: any more than that. It just drives me insane.
0: I don't disagree, dude, because you got a three- to five-year study. Even some of these studies are a year that just positively support the position of a city council to then pay a term. Or a organiza- company or, or
1: an organization or, or,
0: or, yep. or <laughs> yeah.
1: someone's opinion on something, and you need a fact to back it up. Like, yep.
0: and, and the thing is, is they do this so that they can use... Tax-paying dollars to pay a tournament organization millions of dollars to come in because it's a financially positive impact, which, again, I'm sure that it is. We can sit here and argue to we're blue in the face. Of course, there's positive financial impact in these places. But, but at what cost? At what cost? The cost of our fisheries? The cost of a public resource that I didn't vote to use my taxpayer dollars to then support – the use of that money to bring in these. And here's the deal is these city councils, I mean, I'll give you an example. Spring city is just one city, one township that sits on the lake. That is Watts bar. Watts bar is freaking huge. It encompasses like four or five counties. Like there's five or six townships that sit on the lake. There's taxpayers who own houses on the lakes. There's fishermen that go and fish those lakes. I mean, I drive 45 minutes to Watts Bar. I pay a fishing license. I should have a say in what goes on down there because I'm the one supporting the fisheries and the boat ramps and the use of the boat ramps and all that stuff. And they are making these unanimous giant decisions based off the back of financial positive impact. And they're using the taxpayer dollars that live in that township to to pay for these things and make for these decisions. I mean, it's just like the Bassmaster Classic coming to Knoxville. I mean, visit Knoxville is a great organization. I love those people over there. They do a lot of good stuff for the city, and for and for the county, and for everything. I mean, UT football and all of these positive. Megan Maroney, that's part of that. You know, that's why she's here. It's why Vince Sevenfold's coming to Thompson Bowling Arena. I get to go do that. But those are things that don't impact wildlife in a publicly used resource like a lake. And it's like, so how is how are they going to make a unanimous decision on how my tax dollars get spent in order to bring a tournament organization here that then is going to have subsequent tournaments after that and put so much pressure and all this onto the lake? And then what is the benefit that we as the anglers get out of it? Goose egg. There you go. Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) That is that's my soapbox for tonight. Anyway. Uh,
1: bait number five for you Alex bait,
0: honorable mention was swamp Lord caught a bunch of fish on it just not enough to, for it to make the list but did really well on it it was another bait that helped me come in fourth in a tournament um just because I cracked them on it it was fun bait number five it's going to be no surprise to anybody it's the money badger at 6.25 in blaze I absolutely wrecked their ass on that bait I continue to are wreck you
1: hitting their, bottom are you bouncing it or are you up or what, what are you doing
0: it just depends yes everywhere I mean I fished that bait from zero to 15 foot of water i fish it from flat you know like flat rolling points all the way to bluff walls so like when i'm fishing a bluff wall 99 percent of the time i'm not touching bottom i'm literally just like fishing it through trees or around trees and like if it, it deflects off a tree or something like that yes but for the most part just fishing on these bluff walls fish are coming off these buff walls and eating them um but then if like i'm you know say i'm on like douglas um a lot more rock The banks are laid out a little bit differently. You know, I'm banging it off rock, banging it off the bottom, banging off anything that's laying on the bottom. So yes, I'm doing everything with the bait. The bait is
1: Sarah Norris, right. And are you cranking it? Like we are where you're coming off, off a ledge, like throw it up on the bank, you 45 or you 90 degree, that bank where it comes off the edge. And that's where you get bit. Like, have you done all of that with it?
0: I've done everything with it. Like I've cranked that crankbait literally everywhere. You can crank a crankbait that the diving depth works for it. And, uh, I mean, it was like the other day I tied on a 7.25 and got on bluff walls and was cranking it down to like 15 feet and not even touching the bluff walls Just paralleling it. I'd literally throw it as far as I could and just crank it down the bluff and the fish were suspended on the bluffs and I was getting bit doing that. And then I took it yesterday or day before last to a different lake, throwing it up and coming off ledges like that, big boulder rocks. And you'd like bring it off a boulder rock and just get crushed. Um, but then on that same lake, I went to, like, some slow kind of tapering banks and just banged it off the bottom all the way back to the boat, and they were just eating it, you know, somewhere on that bank, you know, because there was a boulder or something that was holding them. So, I mean, dude, that literally the Money Badger has essentially replaced every small body crankbait I have in, in my boat. Like, it's, it is – It's it
1: is just different sizes. You change size because they all dive, like, about the same.
0: About the same. Yeah, like, the 7.25 will hit 15 foot. But, like, the 6.25 is 12 feet at the most. But, dude, like, you know me. I love a damn bandit. I mean, I've said before and I'll say it again. I'll probably die throwing a bandit one day. Like, they'll just find me out there (laughs) with a bandit in my hand. Moss crawl bandit if I can get me a couple of them because I've only got a few left. Um, And, I mean, I I love... um, Damn, what's the spro when rock crawler? Rock crawler. I love a rock crawler. Dude, that freaking money badger, it just blows them all out of the water. I mean, I have fished, I've outfished people in the boat with me with that money badger. It is is phenomenal. And
1: it's a and it's Alex Rudd throwing a crankbait, which doesn't hurt anything.
0: No, yeah, it doesn't. You don't beat me in a cranking competition. I'll just tell you that much right now. <laughs> like, it's hard to beat Alex Rudd in a cranking competition.
1: And not doing it the Tennessee way, I'll tell you. I I was like, uh, we're just cranking. Yeah, whatever. Like, we're just cranking. I'm. Uh, gonna, I can I can hold my own. You do this Tennessee style cranking. It's not the same.
0: No, it's not.
1: <laughs> or Ozark cranking. Whatever you want to call it this. I bet you would do great on the Ozarks.
0: Oh, I would love to go out there because it like it sets up so much like our lakes do here, like our Highland reservoirs. That I feel like I could go out there and just go to town on them. Yeah. 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 But. Yeah, dude, it's replaced them all. Rock crawler, bandit. I mean, I just don't even get my rock. I have a whole box of rock crawlers. I've got a. I've got four boxes of bandits. I've got
1: bait for all of them. Uh,
0: yeah, but it, like, I I literally have not got them out in the past two two years because I've just not. I have taken that bait and gone. I probably should get a bandit out in a rock car, throw them on the deck, and then I get out there and just freaking whack them on a money badger. And it's like. Okay, why would I tie anything else on if they're eating this bait that good? And there's something about that blaze color too, dude. The blaze is just—it's freaking bonkers. So yeah, there you go. That's twenty twenty three in a nutshell, boys and girls. Here's to how others. many
1: have you? How many have you gone through? I mean, you wore the sides off some of those baits.
0: Oh yeah, um, that first batch, the the bill was a little brittle on them. Um, so I do not I
1: even mean like that, but like you've worn the sides off these baits. You have, yeah. You've got so many fish on those things.
0: Yeah, I uh, I kept count. Last December, I caught over 300 fish just in the month of December on a money badger. That's how good the bite was. They're a little—I'm not catching them as well this year, but it has a lot to do with the fact that the weather is completely unstable. Like last November, the last week in November, it got cold, and it stayed cold. All the way through like February, which was good because it stabilized the water temperatures and made the fish eat really, really good. Where well, this year that's not happened, we got a lot of up and down. Um, but I mean, I've probably gone through I don't know 10, 10, 15 of them, and I mean, like, literally, it's just because I would literally wear them like the fish would just break them. I mean, like, I would catch like that one in that month of December, I went through five. And it was, I broke the bill off one because I slapped it on the side of the boat on accident. I broke the bill off of another one because I threw it against a dock post about Mach 10. And that was just, I was trying to get up under a dock. (laughs) And the the other eight literally just wore them to the point where like the treble hooks were done. And like there was just no paint left on the sides of
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. They just start taking on water and they just run by. Yeah,
0: seriously. Like they just get to the point. Where like they just like would start sinking, and I guess this is where I, where you hit it so many times and you knock it off so many things, and you just do that it just finally just breaks. But I mean, hell, you can't, you know. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people like would complain about that, but not like me, I'm like, I mean, after I catch fifty fish on it, like I don't know what more you want out of an eight dollar bait. Fifty fish is a lot of bait, a lot of fish for, you know what I mean? So.
1: That's a bait I just didn't throw enough. I've never like gotten comfortable or understood where that bait really shines. Yeah. For the way I'm fishing it. But yeah. I've heard good things.
0: Oh, it's dude, it's phenomenal. And to a- and to answer your question, Jason, he asked is it because the rock crawler stopped working or because the badger's the new shiny thing? I don't think the crawler stopped working. I just think the money badger is more effective. Like it's, it's, it's totally different.
1: I mean, it's, it's a different action for sure.
0: It is a different, well, that's the thing too about the money badger, the rock crawler. It is, it is, has more of like a roll and is a little bit tighter. That money badger is like this wag, like it's got this tight back end, but it's got like this front end wag and it is the yeah, it's really
1: It's really, really, really weird.
0: It's an odd bait, but I think that's because it's made for trolling. I think that that's what it was made for, was trolling. And so I think it was a happy accident that it's a great cast and cranking bait. Me and me and Brendan were talking about that the other night because we were talking about Bill Angle. And I, and I was like, I guess it's just a happy accident that it was a great casting and cranking bait. and But it's like this weird, like, the front end literally goes like this, while the back end's back there going like that. And it's like I can't. I don't know ex-
1: how to explain it. It's very tight, but it's like very loose.
0: Yes, and you can. And unlike a unlike a rock car, like I'd throw a rock car out there, and like I would feel it coming back, but it was still. You would like you know if it got a certain depth, you kind of lose it. If it you know it wouldn't def- it, when you would deflect. You don't
1: you, lose the money battery. You don't. <laughs> you do not you lose, lose the, mo- the money
0: No, no you don't. Because that thing is like it's like, and dude, <laughs> when it stops going, when it goes. Whoa. You hit it, and dude, it also deflects off cover better than anything I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, because it's got the bill the size of a spoon.
0: Yep, and I think that's a whole the whole a whole another deal with it. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Ozark's guys, sure. I mean, it, are they throwing the rock? Are uh, the money badger? Like, I would love to take a money badger out there and get a guy with a rock crawler and go to work and see what happened. Because yeah, I would
1: love to see the side by side. Because just out of curiosity, the hard part is it's not one to one. Like it's going to be daily, but like change daily, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure the rock crawler still works. I know guys catching smallmouth up here on a rock crawler. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the rock crawler does get a little bit deeper, but dude, I'm telling you freaking thing. I don't I can't, I, let's just put it this way. I have been fishing since I was big up enough to walk. And the first bait that I ever got put in my hand was a bandit. 200 crankbait. I have been cranking literally for 25 years and in my 25 years of cranking a crank, because it's literally been vouched for me here, dude. What am I good at? Cranking a crank bait and flipping. Throwing a frog. <laughs> and throwing a frog. I mean, that's like the three things that Alex can hang his hat on. I'm sucking everything else, but you get in a cranking competition with me. Good luck. Um, I, I have in those years only seen when the rock crawler first hit the market, it fished as phenomenally as this bait does. And now the money badger is outperforming what the rock crawler was when it came out and it outfishes OG wiggle warts bandits rock crawlers I mean it's I just don't get it I just don't get it I wish I did I wish I could explain it to you I mean but I can't it is a phenomenal bait and I always have tied one I have one tied on so all right boys and girls listen um. I got to get up early in the morning. I really don't know what time I need to get up. I think it was a 40-minute drive to where I'm wanting to go. I'm going to a ramp that I've never been to before. I actually just discovered it, but it's in the back of one of my favorite pockets. And I don't know how I never knew that the ramp existed, even though it's in the back of one of my favorite pockets. So it's a little sneak hole. I'm going to go there tomorrow. I'm going to see what I can get done. I have a rock crawler tied on. I'm just kidding. I have a money badger tied on. (laughs) I've got a uh, jerkbait tied on. And I
1: hope one day you accidentally leave all your money badgers at home. You just leave the whole box. Just leave
0: the whole box. What I need to do is just do a video. Is like do an hour with a rock crawler and then do an hour with a money badger and just see, and just see what happens. Because I still got them. Berkeley would love that. Nathan all the time tells me like do comparison videos. He loves them. Like so, maybe I'll do that. Just maybe, if you're lucky. Hopefully you catch some fish tomorrow. Yeah, I just need three big ones. It's a three fish tournament. So, uh, Brendan says, bring the Glock. I've always got the Glock. Um, I'm always strapped, son. Um, like I live in the hood or something. It's not the, it's not, it's not the hood. It's the damn, uh, meth addicts you got to worry about. Anyway, it's actually this pocket. The back of this pocket is some really nice houses. So I don't have to, I don't think I have to worry about that. But anyway, um, yeah. As always, guys, you guys are sweet. And, uh, We'll see you next week. Ben, you got anything to say? Bye. Bye, boo. Bye. Bye. Bye.